I'm Damien Valentine, and check out Air to the Empire. I'm Tracy Harwood, and I'm academic. Ricky, grow. <laughs> Hi, my name is Phil. Hi, I'm Phil Rice. Perfect. That's all we need. Hello, I'm Tracy Harwood, and today I'm joined by Ricky Grove. Hello. Phil Rice. Hi there. And Damien Valentine. And you are listening to And Now for Something Completely Machinima podcast. Uh, today we're talking about a film that uh, I've picked. Um, but before we move on to that, let me just remind you that you can catch up with a uh, project that Phil's been working on um, to restore some classic machinima. Uh, remaster them 4k um, quality pretty amazing uh, that you can find on on his Vimeo channel uh, and the short address is bit.ly forward slash machiniplex uh, and Phil has also been working on uh, a remastering of Bloodspell one of Hugh Hancock's classic films from uh, 2006 2007 I think we said um, yeah. and uh you can find that on uh, a link uh, that I'll put in the notes here to Phil's YouTube channel. Um, right, let's move on to our pick this week. Yeah, uh, your pick. Yeah, my pick. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's super interestingly this this month. Um, three of us have picked films independently. Of course, we always pick our films independently. Um, where we're looking at a dream theme to them. Um, and my pick uh, this week is a, a film that's been made in Unreal. It's called Horror and was made by a guy called Yang Hyungjun. Uh, it was released on the 4th of June 2023. And apologies if I have mispronounced your name. Um, now, I don't know too much about the artist. Um, and thank goodness he's got an art station account. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be able to attempt to pronounce the name um, yeah. bad, badly as I have done anyway. Um, on on the portfolio on, on art station, Yang describes himself as a, as a look dev and lighting artist. Now, when I look that up, look devs help build worlds and characters by creating the color, the textures, the materials for everything you see in a kind of final rendered images. So he's a real detail expert. And he's based in South Korea um, and has clearly been exploring uh, a workflow with Unreal Engine. So um, uh, insofar as I'm aware, anyway, th this is um, pretty much the only story based work that I think he's created. So to the film, it's probably not so much a horror for me as it might be for, for you guys, actually. Um, it's about a young man who has dozed off on a subway train. Uh, going we're not terribly sure where um, and he's hallucinating or dreaming that he's surrounded by bald men uh, and information that he should actually be remembering to take his hair loss pills he's carrying a pot of, fill, uh, of these pills presumably his medication uh, but he can't seem to get the lid off uh, and the scene around him just turns horrific for him bald men everywhere uh, and everything we see as a kind of uh, you know, a down and out um, a caricature, caricature really, of, of, of baldness 
and eventually uh he himself is shown as as a as a bald um character now what i like about this is the way that this story is told there's no music it's just a kind of a graunching soundscape partially kind of representing the train as it rolls over the tracks and also the editing uh and and mood of the scenes is just kind of completely evocative of of a horror genre but i'm not sure it's horrific per se i think i think i'd be really interested to hear what what you guys have got to say about it but to me the subject is a little absurd um but of course it's not both men and women lose their hair as as they age some are predisposed to to boldness through their genes and others um you know it can kind of impact sex drive so it's it's something that's uh, you know that can really change behavior and even personality completely so for me this kind of this really intriguing natural sensitivity particularly targeting men in this film which i think is um really astonishingly well illustrated through a whole range of cues from the way the focus of the camera is used to the the shock and and horror on the character's face which is probably the weakest part of this, actually, to the to the environment, the details on the avatars, the other avatars in the scene, uh, and the streaming of the lead messages and the train's information system, and also things like the the use of a heartbeat and that kind of creepy scale in the sound design, as well as of course the 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 subject matter portrayal. It did rather remind me of the way that Evan Ryan and Crad Productions animated that. Uh, you know that sort of feeling of psychosis in the main character that that in that film that you did Phil um, uh, with him last year. What was it called? Um, Nine Seventeen. Nine Seventeen. Yeah, it it kind of um, captured that a little bit as well. Anyway, what did you guys think? Well, I was really surprised when I saw you chosen a film called Horror because I know that's <laughs> not really your your style of choice. Um, so yeah. I, I was started watching it and I thought, why is Tracy? picked a horror film but this is also live action because it opens up on that subway car and it looks like it's a live action subway car because it's made with unreal engine 5 and it's the it's done in such a way that it looks real it doesn't look like an, a, an animated yeah it's a great it's a opening shot one. yeah and then it, you start to see the characters okay that is, this is actually animated i mean they look they do look pretty realistic but you can tell that they're um they are still animated uh, and it, of course, the Unreal Five uh, comes across. But yeah, it's very unsettling. This film, once you get into it, and you don't really know what's happening, and he's kind of hallucinating, and the, the faces are changing, um, and it, it's <clears> kind <throat> of you don't know is there comes like is there going to be a monster in it or what? Because it's very dark and gloomy and. The music and the atmosphere and the sound kind of makes you feel really tense and you don't really know what's going on. And of course, as, as you watch the film, it all kind of comes together. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't as horrific like the title expected, it, like expected from the title, but it still is a very dark and moody film. And it's, his, this is, his hair loss is obviously something that's really affecting him. And so when he does doze off, he's dreaming about it. And he, it's something that obviously really gets to him and it's affecting his whole life because even when he's asleep, he can't get away from this thing that's obviously bothering him uh, to the point where he's getting these pills to try and um, change the fact that he's losing his hair. But when when you see him awake, he's, he's got a full head of hair. Like he, he, there's no bald spots on the top or anything. He's got a full, massive head of hair 
And so you kind of left wondering, why are you taking these pills? You don't need to. <laughs> and that's not a question you get answered in it. Um, yeah. But I think the film was masterfully created. I mean, it takes a lot to build this kind of atmosphere in a film. There's not a single line of dialogue. I mean, there's text on the on the background of things, but there's no spoken words. Which again is another thing we've talked about in previous uh, episodes when we've encountered films that have no dialogue, and it's a hard thing to pull off because sometimes we've looked at films where it's not been quite as effective as it has been in others, and this is one of the ones that it works well not having anything said because I think if you did have dialogue to this, it would ruin the effect of this whole dream nightmare, what's really going on kind of. Um, image because you know you add words to it, it it takes that takes that away takes you away from that, and so you manage to pull that off, and the camera work and the animation and details of facial animation specifically because you can tell that this guy is he's haunted by what he's seeing and going through, and it really comes across in the character model that the way he his look of horror on his face and his eyes going wide and. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by this. And it's another one of those films where you kind of feel like, what can I learn from this? So uh, I haven't mm. got the, didn't inspire the fabric thing like the other film we talked about a few weeks ago, but there's definitely a lot in this film that I would like to go back and watch again and see what can I do to improve my own craft. And I, that's one of the highest compliments I think I can pay is this makes me want to do better. Hmm. Great comments, Damien. Well, I, I had a little, yeah, good comments and a good choice. It was an enjoyable film, and I urge people to watch it. It's a better than average. I had some problems, though. One is I didn't understand a lot of stuff. For example, I thought he was taking the pills, and the pills were what was creating his mm. hallucinations. I also didn't realize it was about baldness until the end when the the label and also the there was a tiny bit of dialogue, but it was unusual dialogue. It was on the the digital readout in the, the subway. There was some dialogue, take your stuff like that. So I was a little confused about the story, which made it harder for me to engage in what was going on. Also, I think, of course, a, a, a viewer just watching the film for the first time won't have this connection, but I think the film suffers a little bit in comparison to the Matsify unreal uh films that we saw because those are sort of just solidly made so this wasn't quite as good as that and needed some work on trying to focus the narration to get give people enough information to get what it is that's going on um i also some of the facial animations although they were well executed they seemed to have a little uncanny valley for me which took me out i don't know why but it it was only briefly here and there. Maybe it was just in the way that they rendered it or something. The the textures on the face were seem a little clay-like as opposed to skin-like. I'm not sure. But those are minor comparisons. Uh, well, not minor. The story is not minor. But I wish they would have fixed that. But most of it is just, uh, I think, a little more skill, a little more work on making more films like this but for what it is i enjoyed it i thought it was really interesting it really captured the mood quite well uh, so those are my thoughts mm. good points phil yeah um probably the best way uh first i think i feel like i should kind of situate myself a little bit here so we're just gonna do <laughs> this Ooh. 
And then we're just going to go like this. Ooh. If I deliver my whole review like this, does it does it give me more gravitas? It, does, it gives you the gravitas, right? So there. the yeah. thing about the uh... yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll okay opening shot like like Damien, I was wowed. Just hadn't focused on any of the characters yet, but just the the setting and and all of that had a sheen to it that that. Yeah, it was. I mean, if it hadn't said Unreal Engine Five in the title, I would have. I would have definitely thought that it was, you know, some kind of live action backdrop or whatever. But yeah, once you zero in on some of the characters, Ricky, I think I could be wrong on this, and I hope I don't get myself into trouble for uh, for saying this. But main character in particular, eyes just a little too close together. Like mm. when whoever was setting the face, there's a certain balance. Not every face has it, of course. There's a lot of variety in faces or whatever. But in this character, like the the, the eyes were just a little too unnaturally close together. I honestly, I think we're talking a centimeter difference, and that face would be fine. I think the skin is fine. I think the render is fine. I think it's a matter of proportions, uh, and it could be that, that these are handcrafted. Yeah handcrafted characters or maybe he didn't use a tool like uh, uh character creator four for example it's kind of hard to do it wrong with reillusions tool like they 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 tend to help keep things balanced by moving related muscle groups together when you're doing the morphs and stuff so this has like a handcrafted feel and i think that may be part of what made it uh, a little bit unrealistic but very hard to pinpoint yeah um yeah, the whole. So it's weird because like the 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 atmosphere was definitely, uh, you know, kind of a horror hallucinogen type of uh, atmosphere, and he pulled that off very well. But the the story when you when you pull out what the actual story is, it's kind of like a Saturday Night Live skit, <laughs> but you take out all the jokes. You know, I mean, a guy is on a train. He's paranoid. And sees everyone he sees is bald. He's paranoid. And he's fiddling with this bottle, and at the end, he can't get it open. And oh, he, and all of a sudden, he's bald. And and it's a guy just that just is afraid of going bald, you know. And like you figure, okay, now give that to whoever the writers are at SNL. Let them spice it up. We can make this kind of funny. We'll have Jim Carrey play the guy, and he'll have a toupee. We'll take off or what? Like essentially, that's the type of story, is one that's at its heart kind of silly kind of poking fun at at you know people but not a group of people that i mean it, men are the easiest person in the world to make fun of right now this is just making fun of men you know no, no one criticizes you for that white men even better but men in general no problem so it's a safe target it's safer than making fun of fat people you can make fun of men and this is a dis you're right tracy Men are not the only ones that have pattern baldness, but um, it's certainly a more popular topic among men. And I think one that the pharmaceutical industry has and other related industries have really taken advantage of that paranoia and the quote unquote status symbol of keeping your full head of hair and all that. Mm -hmm. and just really preying on weak minds that essentially is a paranoia rooted in fear of death. That's what I think. 
I think fear of baldness is ultimately just fear of death. And there's there's a whole industry that has taken advantage of trying to make men as insecure about that as possible to get them to buy a product, you know? So on the one hand, this story could be seen as it's a serious commentary on this man who, like Damien pointed out, has a full head of hair. Maybe he has genetic reasons to, you know, like on my family, they say that they say that it's if you want to know if you're going to go bald, look at your mother's father. Okay. My mother's father had nothing by age 30, you know, and all her brothers, nothing like just gone. <laughs> and it, so, and then if, if you've ever seen my father, it's gone. So even if I'm a genetic freak, either way, I'm supposed to be screwed. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to lose all my hair. Well, if I weren't shaving this on purpose, I, I would have a mop. I mean, it just, it's not going anywhere. It's receded a little bit or whatever, but I've just, I don't know. I had a little bit different, attitude towards balding because at about the age of 20, I'd convinced myself that it was going to be inevitable for me. And so I just decided I'm not going to be a person who becomes insecure about that period and just rejected it on principle. Well, then it turns out I kept my hair, but I still prefer being bald. But I know so many guys Mm -hmm. who it's the end of the world. They think when they start to lose their hair, they'll do anything to keep it happening. Uh, we have a recent president of the United States who clearly <laughs> bought into that and would put a dead animal up there, basically, to not look bald, even though he looks silly. You know? So this is a real, a real thing. And young men are the best targets uh, because they're most concerned about their appearance. They're in the game, you know? Yeah. They're, they're trying to find a mate or whatever, whatever that that urge is and everything about our culture has told us you know full head of lush hair is makes you a better pick so you better have it so this is a story of a guy who's bought into that to the point where he's he's putting some chemical in his body thinking it's going to keep him have his hair but he's still paranoid about it yeah so it could be ricky you're right that he's hallucinating because of the side effect of the pills um they which are revealed to be hair loss prevention medicine at the end, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could also just be that he is so gripped with paranoid and maybe has a particular bent towards, you know, there's some other psychosis yeah. going on that's causing the hallucinations. But it's rooted in just abject fear of it's happening to everybody. It can't, I can't let it happen to me. It's going to happen to me, you know? And that's real. It's not nearly as dramatic as it plays out in this short. Um, it's think- almost... It's almost comical at the end when it it's revealed that all this psychosis exactly the hair pills. Yeah, I was wondering. That's almost funny, except that he gave it away in the first line of the description. Yeah, Yeah. I read that right before I hit play, so I had there was there was I don't know what the effect would have been if I'd waited till then to know. Oh, all this was about hair loss, but I already knew it. So I don't know that that really disrupted my viewing. In your analogy of your Saturday Night Live analogy, you're talking about lifting the the removing all of the humor. Do you think if they had added some humor to the film, it would have enlivened the story a bit? That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know, um, because I think that for me personally, the 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 topic 
like many Saturday Night Live skits, by the way, just isn't that isn't that intriguing to me? Isn't that I don't know. I don't I guess what I'm saying is I'm not optimistic about the upper limits of how funny this could be. Ah, I see. Like, even mm-hmm. if it was, you know, if you got bring Conan O'Brien back out of writer retirement and get him in here, get these top comedy writers on this. Is this really even that funny a thing? Yeah. That I'm that I'm not sure about. I but... don't think this would be funny. I think if it's meant to be an exploration of uh, the psychology of young men who are afraid of losing their hair, turning that into a comedy would not make this work. Yeah, but me. I'm not talking about comedy yuck yuck. I'm talking about the black comedy. Because yeah, right. there were there were opportunities with the other people on the subway platform to do some mm. comic reactions or things like that okay which could be strange but they didn't do any of that yeah and saturday night live by the way they do black comedy stuff just like this like they would make it look like horror or whatever and at the end helped by the live studio audience to pipe in laughs so you know you're supposed to laugh but they would have landed on this joke of he's just concerned about losing his hair or or there would have been something and will yeah, the ferrell whole- would have come <laughs> in with a weird the, the title of the film horror would be a misleading right, thing. Right. Right. It's not really horror. It's just. But I don't get guy. the sense that that was the intent uh, of this filmmaker. No, neither uh, do I. But but I also I'm not sure what the intent of this filmmaker was because mm. because it does have the makings of, you know, that reveal at the end is a punchline, like it or not, intended or not. That's a punchline. It's just like. But the it's set up. It almost feels like it wasn't on purpose, and so the, then, then I'm not sure how well humor works when it's okay. So there are things that aren't meant that aren't made to be funny, but end up being funny. Like ah, let's say sixty percent of all B movies ever made, there's a chance <laughs> that they're just hilarious. Yeah, you know, if you've ever seen anything by a guy named Neil Breen, he is completely serious about his work. And his movies are the funniest things you've ever seen. He has no idea. So it's, <laughs> is that what this is? I, I don't know. Um, so there's great craft going on here. That's for sure. Yes, um, indeed. There, 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 it's, it is a cut below the, the films that we uh, looked at a couple weeks back. Um, the ones that, that Ricky picked. It, it is definitely not in that same tier at all. In every regard, it's not in that tier. Like in the planning and the writing and the, the everything, but there's some real promise here, and, and I mean the it shows that this is a what was his title, uh, Damien? A layout? No, layout a look art? day. A look look developer. Yeah. 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 So basically, a stylist. Yes. You know, he's a set set and atmospheric stylist, and there's no fault with that in this movie. Well, Clearly, also. That I'd is also like to point out that the, it's an individual making a film as opposed to a collective. As opposed to a team, right. Yeah, yeah. and you're going to have a difference in in quality level, for one thing. Yeah. Although, also feedback. In a, in a collective, you're going to get feedback. If you go off the pa- wrong path on some aspect of the film, the rest of the team can go, no, no, we need to go this way. Before as release. A, yes, as a single filmmaker, yeah. you can go you down that wrong path and you have no idea. Release. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. The, the set design is his strength. That's obviously is what he does mm-hmm. because of the way that both Phil and I thought this was a live action shot at the beginning before we got to see any close-ups of the characters. Yeah, that's his strength. And I applaud him 
for going outside of his comfort zone, even though I wouldn't give this an A plus in all regards, but I love that he's stretching like that. And, and if this was a first attempt working with characters, we have, we, I have no idea, mm-hmm. but um, the key is it doesn't have to be his last attempt. No. Absolutely. And no. this is, it is above average for sure. Yeah. Um, it's way above average in some areas and other areas it's just above average. Um, and the story, you know, a story's tough sometimes because uh, when it comes, even though there's not, not a lot of dialogue in this. There is the on-screen wording on the uh, mm-hmm. what do Prompter. they call those things? The the yeah the dig- digital prompters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was actually effectively done because it 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 didn't linger on it too long, but it, yeah. enough to give you a sense of an idea coming through. I liked that. That was very tasteful. Um, but storytelling, as as Ricky has many times pointed out. Um, you know, on the other side of the world, from the West, there's different different traditions and different ways of getting the storytelling done. And there's a sense of what could be called translation. But it's I'm not talking about language, per se, word to this, you know, Chinese to English or anything like that. But the whole way of approaching story is a different language, cinematic language to a degree. Um, has differences. Yeah. And so I find myself questioning on this as I watch it and I critique it. I'm thinking, but am I missing something there because I'm I'm culturally uprooted? You know, I'm 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 throwing a lot of assumptions that I have from where I grew up about the culture around men's hair loss. And I'm just accepting those as givens and then critiquing this film. And is that fair? I don't know. You know, uh, I think attitudes about that may vary clearly. Nowhere do men think bald is a good idea. Uh, I just wish it weren't considered such a big idea. You know, it's just yeah. part of life. You know, yeah, if it's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. You can staple ant legs to your head if you want, but it's, you know, that doesn't look any better. So <laughs> anyway, an intriguing and thought provoking film made me, uh, uh, there's a lot that I admire about it. Um, and it made me think about it a lot. So I, I like films that do that. Me too. Brilliant. Well, great comments again. Um, another really interesting um, discussion film actually made in South Korea uh, by a, a Korean artist, his first cinema type film. Uh, from Very cool. From what I can tell, so yeah, I think Good job. that that feedback will, I'm sure, feed into the next projects that he develops. Yeah, please do keep. You know, we mm, absolutely <laughs> make more. Absolutely, absolutely, well, and, and, and probably um, you know feed into it some way, if this is even feasible, uh, of how you might communicate the Eastern versus Western cultural context. Because um, that's, I think, you know, we picked that up a couple of times uh, this month in the in some of the films. The, you know, the fact that we are Western consumers of, of culture, and these are not necessarily Western films that we're looking at. We miss some of the nuances. I think um, how you explain that or put that across, I don't really know. I mean, you pointed out the eyes. Um, being too close yeah yeah but maybe that was deliberate maybe that was a maybe a, so 
uh, yeah. a particular thing that the, uh, the creator wanted to sort of focus on in order right, to right. Yeah. Um, evoke kind of uneasiness in, in what he was doing. Because I got the sense that there was a lot of deliberate choices in the way that things were presented there. Um, but nonetheless, I think well, another and, and really interesting the, film. The fact that it was uh, that it, it comes from Korea is very interesting, too, uh, in this whole East-West discussion, because of of all the places save maybe Japan, uh, you know, South Korea has had tremendous Western influence. Yes. Uh, in the last 50 years. And, and uh, it still has very deep cultural roots, you know, in Korea and Korea's history. But a lot of Western influence since the, since the Korean conflict, and mm. then I mean, and there's some amazing. We we talked a couple of weeks ago, Ricky, about uh, our our shared appreciation for uh, Hong Kong uh, and cinema from that part of the world. Oh my goodness, the stuff that comes out of Korea! Oh, amazing! 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 Some and of the best know, stuff in the world, indeed. The, the cultural influence is even more complex today because uh, the American influence culture Korea and then Korea Koreans come to America to influence American Absolutely, cultures, that's right which comes back to Korea again yeah. and then the recent uh, uh, winning of the South Korean film of her Academy Award mm -hmm. started people jumping in so you know it's this constant back and forth between influences which i think yes. are fascinating i'm sure that we i'd be surprised if we didn't mention it but if we didn't parasite is the movie ricky's referring to yeah one of the best pieces of cinema in my book ever made ever made ever in yeah, the whole history of it it I is you, you cannot miss that film it's it's extraordinary and we could yep. do an hours long podcast just talking about that yep but we won't. won't. No. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Well, great well, comments, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Really enjoyed the discussion as ever with you guys. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, you've been listening to the And Now for Something Completely Machinima podcast. I'm Tracy. Uh, with me today has been Ricky, Phil, and Damien. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Bye. I'm driving like they do in the movies. Oh,